had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. <laughs> had a plan camping, pitched a tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear, darkest night. Decided to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. We started seeing flash bulbs. Streakers coming down. Graham Dunlop is the he said it star. Graham Dunlop is the he said it star. Blubbity, blubbity, blah. Abracadabra is Aramaic, and it translates to with my word I create, or with my word I influence. Okay guys, welcome back to the Grimeric Show. We are going to be chatting with friend of friend of the show, Mark England, a little bit later, who's of course friends with our good buddy Brandon Powell who we'll be lucky enough to be hanging out with here in just like two and a half weeks. We'll be kicking it with Brandon again down in sunny Arizona. Dude, I was just thinking today, I can't wait to feel that sunshine on my face. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I went for a walk with Maria outside in the park, and I was like, I can't wait for summer. Just the birds and the sun and the wind. and It'll be summer in Arizona. I know. Direct sunlight, vitamin D in it up. It'll be fantastic. I can't wait. And I might want to detour over and check out the Grand Canyon. We'll see. Huh. It looks like it's, uh, you know, maybe three or four hours out of the <laughs> way. But we'll have an extra driver, so what's the big deal? No big deal. No big deal. Bug it. Sleep is for the week. We could bring the camper. But it would suck if they, like, searched it or something. Not that yeah. there's anything in it. It would just be like a whole production. Oh, be, oh yeah, it'd be like an hour to assemble oh, it. And to go through all the it. cupboards, and now you're trying to set it up in the minus 30 at the border or whatever. But It's not a bad idea, though, really. To have it's it not a bad idea, because then we could just a hotel stay wherever we want. It up and, yeah. mm. You can sleep with Kyle on the one bunk. I'll sleep on the other side. The king bunk? Is there a king no, I get the, the king. There's a king. Oh, yeah, There's right. a, yeah, you don't get a king by yourself, dude. Well, it's my camper. Of course, no one's sleeping in my bed but me. I fuck in there. Um, There's a king on one side and a queen on the other. And then there's a couple singles, too. Yeah, that's a pretty big tent trailer. Yeah, that's the cool thing about tent trailers. They just pop out into the thing. But it would be cold, right? It'd be pretty hard to keep that thing warm and in the cold. Yeah, but once you're in a sleeping bag, it's fine. Yeah, that's true. It's just like when you get up in the morning and have to make breakfast. There is a furnace on it, so you could get the furnace going. It wouldn't be so bad. Needs a new bearing, though, so it squeaks. Ugh. I got to fix that this summer. The furnace squeaks or the wheels? No, the furnace. When oh, the, fur- wow. the furnace yeah, get that's... going and there's something in it, like you're just about to fall asleep, and, and it just don't stop. It just goes. There's something oh, in there that needs am. to be greased. I haven't been able to find it yet. Then it got cold, so I got to... Take another crack at it in the spring. What are you doing? Are you playing the drums over there? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Don't apologize to me. Just apologize to everyone whose headphones you just tapped in. It's like tapping them on the ear. So how you been? You get out? Yeah, yeah. It's been good. Yep. Yeah, doing well. Did you yep. get out? I got out, yeah. You got out for yeah. a walk? Yeah, went outside. Yeah, got outside of the house. New cat? New cat, yep. 
I seen a picture of a new cat stand. Yeah. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. I put that, assembled that. Yeah. The cats love it. Big cat tree. Yeah. We got a new cat to replace the one that died on us there. What we had to put down. Pretty sad. So this new one's pretty cute. Pretty cool. You should have just got like a dozen cats in the beginning. You'd be the cat guy. You're the cat guy. Get another kitten over there. You know what I was thinking? You're not working now. You know, I work, all the, I work seven days a week now. If you want to call it that. I mean, you work seven days a week. Yeah, so hard. This guy's busting okay. ass over there. Busting ass. Um, my kids used to be obsessed with this show on Netflix called Kitten Party. Oh, yeah. And it was literally just this like voiceover on someone videotaping kittens playing all day. So why don't you get a couple more cats over there? And we'll start up uh, another little project here. Graham's uh, kitten, kittenopolis. Nah, no, you go there. No. You can do little little voiceovers for no, him. You can make no, little personas. No, no, no. Or you could just film it, and we could hire people to do the. It's voices. already been done. Yeah, I'm telling you, there is an unlimited market. An untapped cap market for kittens. Unlimited <laughs> market cap here. The amount of channels of people just playing video games is insane, and. I was watching one the other day with the kids. It had 107 million views. They blew up Buddy's house for a prank. And he's like, oh, don't worry, I bought you a new one. I was like, well, yeah, he probably made like $6 million just off this one fucking video. So why not? Oh, they blew up the house in real life. Dude, it was fucking crazy. I think it's called like elephant toothpaste or something. Wow. Yeah, that is. Anyway, they like, they're going to all this precautions because they're like pulling on a rope. They had to pull on this rope to get this thing to fall into the, this other colorful stuff. It's very colorful. Looks like, uh, I don't know, like slime, I guess, like neon slime. When the one fucking thing, they pulled the rope from outside the house through the window. When that fucking thing fell into those barrels of stuff. It was crazy how fast it reacted and like blew all the windows out of the fucking place and everything. It was unbelievable. It was crazy. Yeah, I think it was cool. called Mr. Beast or something like that. Huh. I remember in the beginning thinking, who is this guy? This is ridiculous. He's never going to make it. And I comes up at the end, 107 million views. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Never> mind. <laughs> we may never hit that combined on all out. Oh. No, I mean, and you know, you don't want to be at the mercy of their algorithms either. That's the problem with starting up anything right now. It's, you know, I heard, I heard guys talking about this as far as uh, they're doing like, you know, like mainstream culture, c- comics, like geek culture kind of stuff. And kittens, I uh, think it's are super pretty hard safe. for these people, even though they get lots of views, they, they can only get so far and so fast. Cause yeah, they just, that's why you need kittens, man. Yeah. Super safe. Super safe. we we'll get you a little cat suit. It'll be great. Get the kids involved. Anyway, what do you got? What do you got for me? Well, I mean, I don't know. We, I want to. I, I got some great emails to read. I got a synchro, and then I got some an update from Eastern Europe because we were talking about Eastern Europe. So, I got an update from Poland. I want to go over, and everybody can email me Graham at GrahamAmerica dot com. Email me with your your stories, your synchronicities, your UFO sightings, your spiritual awakenings, with your an update from where you are and. The world. Is it in English or COVID. Polish? Uh, it's in English. So, I mean, what do, what do you want to do? You want to start off with that, get into this, uh, the topic of what's happening uh, 
right now from a huge fan in uh, Eastern Europe, or do you want to get into a synchro? Oh, I didn't know we had fans in Eastern Europe. Quote. Let's go to, the, know, let's go to awesome, Eastern man. Europe. I know. Let's, let's go All to right. Eastern Europe. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. By the people. Hey, wait, I got to play one more. Nah, I better not. I feel like in some ways I can't play the coffee enema jingle anymore. There's too many people listening. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Don't play it now. Put and it now at the end of it. Put it at the end. In coffee enemas. All right, I'll put it at the end. Yeah, play it at the end. There's a couple good ones. You There's know what? Farty sounds and stuff, isn't there? You never go C setting anymore, so I can't play C setting star. Well, maybe I will this week, this summer. This week to this summer. I mean, you this just summer, extended yeah. it six months in like the wave of your hat. <laughs> so this is the title here. It's from Eastern Europe to North America from me with love for Grimerica. I'm listening. Hello, Graham, Darren. I'm listening to your newest show right now. I can hear that you guys were talking about Eastern Europe. I'm from Poland. So and it's a little bit long, but I think it's, it's well worth the read here. If you're interested, I can tell you how this shit flies over here. First of all, we've been through this stuff. Socialism, not so long ago. Communism fall in Poland, 1989. I can still remember so-called cards. They were like food stamps in the U.S., but oh boy, boy oh boy, much worse. Try to imagine such a situation. You get card. I'm gonna. I, I I've, I've thought of putting on my Eastern European accent, but I can't. But I don't think you have an you, Eastern you get, European accent. You get accent. card. You get card for shoes, what? coats, what? Uh, TV, refrigerator, meat, vodka, tools, furniture. Vodka. Literally on all things you need to live like human. So now imagine this: you got card for a pair of shoes, but at the shop they didn't got your size. What kind you of card? Any size they gave you. So you have a COVID card? No, you've got a card for like staples for stuff, right? You, this is the the system they're talking about, the communism system they're talking about, right? So I have a. But you get a token for for clothes, shoes. for for shoes, for food. You get a card, right? This so is where Poland's at now. No. No, 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 no. no. This okay. is. Okay. No, I just imagine. Want me to start over? Or? Yeah, I'm having trouble following. Let's do it without your accent this time. Communism it's hard enough to follow Poland. the broken English. Communism fall in Poland, 1989. Okay, that makes sense yeah, already. Right? Makes okay. more sense already. Yeah. I should have waited until you're ready for me. Um, literally, on all things, you need to live like a human. So now imagine this. You got a card for a pair of shoes, but at the shop, they didn't have your size. I'm lost so again. You would grab I'm lost again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the card for the shoes. You have to, you, you go, you got to go buy a pair of shoes. You got to give them a card, right? Just any card. It's a shoe card. No, no, it's a card. It's yeah. It's a card for, it's so they a send everyone out a shoe card in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. I'll read. I'll keep reading here. So you grab any size they give you, right? Any size of shoes. Why? Because maybe in one or two weeks, your size will be available. And, you can and maybe shoot. your sister or brother, or even your neighbor will get it and be able to make you a, a little flip flop exchange with him other story that will give you a picture of this sick system most people can't even imagine pewix so p-e-w-e-x pewix was a government network of shops where you could buy only with a dollar 
So dollars. Only with dollar. One dollar. Polish money, no good. Dollars, good. Considering the West currencies were illegal for people to possess makes this situation almost surrealistic. Fortunately, some people were working abroad and got relatives there, so they have access to currency. It was also a control tool for the party. The you need to be party? a good boy. You still you need to be a good boy to still be able to receive this green money from your auntie that says that stays over Big Pond. Holy man. But even with all these mechanisms of control, all at power, tanks, USSR help, tyranny, militia on the streets, tap wires, killings, arrests. Polish people were able to win with communism. With no arms, no weapons, no American intervention, blee. We did it because we stand together. We created the biggest worker union in the world, Solidarność. So it's Solidar. NOSC. And its peak, it has 6 million members. That was almost 40% of all the working people in my country. And we were like that. Say no to Polish man. You can't do that because I'm telling you, you can't be sure that he, she will do it, even if it's against the law of physics and mostly because it's against the government's order. So now imagine that you are in Solidaire Sock, Solidaire Nosk, let's say. And they fired fired you. Next day, all members will strike. While Poland would stand still, all six million members would not work if you weren't to bring back to work. That was the power of Solidarność. So what he's saying is, and we're like, say no to Polish man. Like he's saying, say no to Polish man. You can't do that because I'm telling you, you can be sure that he will do it. So they're going, you know, they're saying no, they, they, they go against it. And you can check it. It's fact. He's fact. (laughs) He's fact. Getting back to now, you can see this gender massacre narrative, destroying of nuclear family, messing up all traditional values. Well, not in Poland. We finished Rainbow Revolution very quick. Burned down biggest rainbow installed in Warsaw, Poland capital. I'm not saying it was best way to deal with it, but it was clear enough to give some groups a signal. Not in our house, bitches. So, we know what is coming. I'm only hoping that there's still enough of us to face it and smash it. With Jesus' help. I don't get me wrong. I'm not religious, but spiritual person for sure. I believe in Jesus as a high moral ideal to strive for. My sobriety helps me with this as well. It has been five years I keep my head clean and clear from alcohol. With proud... I know that Graham is sober as well, and I can congratulate you. You are the man, bro. Except of the above revelations of mine, I want to tell you that you guys are the top of the top. I can listen to you all day. Grimerica, THC Podcast, Tinfoil Hat, Forum Borealis. Actually, just Forum Borealis is coming on Outlawed Show. All of a sudden, his name is popping up everywhere for me. It's really interesting. He's coming on this week. Uh, this week we are recording with Forum Borealis. Forum Borealis. Uh, uh, Skeptico, even King of Kings, Art Bell. Happy to show you are my amazing old country. My city is over 800 years old. Zagan, hook Darren up with some great weed and serve some astonishing traditional food like homemade bread and ham. Guys, much love again and please keep up the good job you are doing. P.S. My crazy name is. Jedraz. Jedraz. Yeah, it's Yedja. It's phonetically, it's pronounced Yedjev. Yedjev. 
but my friends call me Jay-Z. Yes, like the fucking rapper. Jay-Z Yidyev. I like it. Yeah. So we're going to go no, to Poland? Thanks. thanks, dude. I mean, see, this is the stuff we don't hear about, right? The cards and food and what happens, right? Well, what happened? And how then? No wonder why. No what wonder happened? why Poland's going to push back with all this cultural stuff, right? Right. What happened? Happened. Yeah. In the Soviet. What happens in the when this happens? It happens. Not, it's yeah, not but it just made it seem. You made it seem like maybe it was happening right now. No. Which was my confusion at the beginning. Right. Then you blame me for confusing us all, but that's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. Um. So we're gonna go to Poland. That'd be kind of cool, probably. I'd love to, yeah. You were Imagine close. City 800 years old. You were, how close is Prague to Poland? Um, I almost went through, I went through Bulgaria before I've been through Romania, Bulgaria, um, the Czech Republic, um, some other Eastern European, I think, but I don't, I didn't make it to Poland. Was it an expensive flight? No, I don't remember. It wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was only a few years ago, right? Yeah. 2018, I believe. No, maybe earlier than that, 2017, 2018. Huh. Yeah, man. Poland would be cool. but you'd, oh, would, oh, Even just Europe, Eastern Europe. I mean. Oh, you'd want to do the whole thing, there. like check out Moscow and all that shit then. I have to wait till my kids are gone and I could just like go to Europe for three months, you know? We'll do that yeah. shit. Do a Grand America, Eastern Europe trip. We could do fucking cocaine lines that are shaped like Ukraine. Like in uh, Lord of War. <laughs> I'll meet you in Kiev. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Let's hear a synchro. I'll play a jingle. Yeah, I got a synchro too. I'm going to play the uh, old school jingle here. The original. Is it the original? I think it's the original. I think it's, uh, I think this is the one even before he sent us in the other one. Ooh, I don't know which one it is, though. It might. Hmm. I'm going to say this one. That's not it. I'm a rambling grand. You know, I was looking for the uh, synchronicity acapella, but I can't find it. Maybe it's gone. Damn it. Right. Can I give you a quick update from Australia? Well, sure, yeah, this, is from, uh, this is from Kenny D. He says, hi, Graham. Might be a little frigid in your province right now, but here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, it was 34 degrees Celsius, and the streets were full Global of freedom warming. lovers. The big local issue right now is the push to jab the children. Pure evil persists here, but the sheep will slumber on. Infections are exploding in response to the unwise receiving multiple doses of the cytotoxic spike protein some of the unjabbed are catching it too losing about a week to, re to the recovery process but the infections are raging through the inoculated with the result that there are long queues to get their first booster that is shot number three fear is a far more de debilitating infection he sent me some pictures from the protest beautiful blue skies they're still at it down there. <laughs> Here's eh? a sign. Here's a sign. Want to live in China? Easy. Keep your ass on the couch. Watch TV. Obey. Conform. And give it a few months. We're almost there. I. Uh, it's gone. It seems to be gone. What's this one? 
There it is. Synchronicity. It's time for another installment of the Canadian Third Party Synchronicity Rating Authority. You know, I think I only paid thirty dollars for that jingle back in the day. Can you believe that? What a deal! I can't believe it was a. I don't think you paid for that one. That oh, yeah, sounds that like one a, I paid that for. That sounds like I Felix. paid for that I one. That's, that's not. Felix. No, it's not. I think Felix. Felix was working for. Fiverr we didn't even know that was on fire. Maybe that's how we met Fever. Uh, Fever. That's how we meet. We met Felix on Fever. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Grinder. I think you're thinking <laughs> of a different Felix. <laughs> Hi guys, uh, Graham just sent you a donation of sorts through the mail today and was going to wait to either hear back from you or maybe just email you tonight or tomorrow. But the most timely synchronicity has just happened and I can't wait any longer. Okay, brief backstory. I've been in sporadic contact with Charlie Robinson over the past year or so. Recently sent him a donation of garden seeds for my business. I have an online store where I get, where I sell veggie fruit and herb seeds. Herb seeds. He then mentioned my company on one of his recent episodes, Unexpected to Me, and that has opened a weird Pandora's box for me. The next, the following day, I heard from Adam and Deborah gets red-pilled. So, so to open up the dialogue with me about maybe uh, appearing on his show to talk about food sustainability. I've never been on a podcast, nor have I ever done any public speaking in my entire life. It's not my wheelhouse, but I'm open for new experiences, of course. So I messaged Charlie saying, holy shit, man, thank you for name dropping me on your show. And I explained how I was getting tons of traffic on my website. He then invited me to possibly come on the Union of the Unwanted in the next couple months to talk food sustainability. Adam had previously mentioned looking into the food forest abundance guy, saying that maybe this would be something I'd be interested in. I was vaguely aware of their work, and it does sort of line up with what I do, setting up veggie gardens for customers and harvesting seeds to sell. So with all this in mind, I've been sort of on cloud nine these past few weeks, despite being fired from my job two days after Christmas. So I usually run two or three weeks behind with podcasts that I keep up with, but I've fallen far behind these past few months with a dozen shows that I listen to faithfully. I'm doing some day work, delivering flyers door to door just to keep the bills paid for until my next full-time job starts. So this morning, I mailed you and Darren a big package of garden seeds as a donation to your show and to you guys as individuals. To the I P.O. box? You... Yeah, probably. Well, I better check it this week. I just, I just kind of thought you would appreciate it and that it would be good to use, go to good use. I leave the post office, plug in my iPod, yes, I am still using an iPod, and start hoofing through the snow, walking my roots for the day. I finally caught up to current with a few other shows that I listened to, and today was going to be a Grimerica day for the most recent episode. Press play, and there it is. You guys interviewing Jim Gale from the Food Forest Alliance. Perfect synchronicity. And to bookend the entire thing, at the end of the episode, Darren is breaking your chops and saying that you should be the garden guy and he could be the hunting guy. There you go. <laughs> well, in a few days, you'll get a package in the mail for me and you'll have enough seeds to start a whole goddamn farm. There you go. I still have and to one... go ahead. And once you see the way I package the whole thing in order to avoid international rule breaking scrutiny or whatever, I think you'll appreciate it even more. 
There's so much more to say, but I won't make this a ridiculously long email. I've been meaning to send you another pretty legit 8.5 out of 10 synchronicity story for a while now, but I'll save that for another day. Anyways, enjoy the seeds. Keep up the awesome work that you guys do. And maybe someday when I'm not living in poverty-stricken marginal existence, I will be able to donate some actual cash. Peace, love, and good vibes. Joe Arnone from daddygarden.org. Daddy Garden. That sounds super perverted. That's all right, though. No, it's not. <laughs> I know it's not. Um, <laughs> I uh, still got all the seeds that Bill Loeb sent us. Remember when remember when like Manitoba was blocking off seed sales and stuff at the beginning of COVID? <gasps> yes. Yes. So I, I remember I was some like, of those. Bill, send me some stores. seeds. Yeah, we he just... sent a shit ton of them. Why did did you did we ever realize why they did that? Did no, they just that, that just seemed to drop? They're a, just what? idiots. I mean, they honestly, think, yeah, dude, it's just like just there's just a bunch of fucking boneheads in the thing trying to figure out what was essential and what wasn't. You think really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we never got to seed blocking in Alberta. <laughs> we never got to retail stores being closed. I don't think. Right? I don't think the retail stores were ever closed here that I can think of. No, it might have been a short little. Short, I think it was the initial two weeks might have closed them all. No, or was that when they separated I mean, essential from non-essential? You could be I right. Know. I don't. I don't know. Did we do that here? I can't remember now. I don't know. I remember that. It's hard for me to know because I was anti-mask for so long that I wasn't going to any stores anyway. Yeah, because it was just like a big thing to go to a store. Right, you got to rev yourself up. Fuck. Except Cabela's. Cabela's was always pretty chill. Anyway, I forget what the fuck I was talking about. Where were we, where were we going? Oh, you're talking about retail stores and stuff and whether the seeds. The, oh, the yeah. Seeds so, Bad Bill. Loeb. Shout out to uh, Bill Loeb. Loeby. Loeby. Like uh, Avi Loeb. That except spelled different. Down in, uh, what's the name of that place now? Neighbors. Schmerna? Neighbors Feed and Seed. Oh, Neighbors Feed and Seed, yeah. Down in Shawarma. Check that out. Uh, he sent us a bunch of seeds. Now, a lot of all these seeds. I mean, you could start us a proper garden. You really could. We could get no, you a good little to have outfit. nowadays since the show. I mean, I've, I've been seeing pictures. I think this, I think there's going to be you a little do the, If you want to legit. The truckers, the truckers are, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're protesting bad roads in Canada. Today. Dude, I went to the store yesterday and it was fucking, there was a lot of empty shit. Oh, I, oh really? Yeah. I did a big shop the other day and it was, it was all fine. I don't go so. to this, but we're in Chestnut. We're we'll be one of the last places to run out. I went to the store in the city with Natasha, and it was a different story. Oh, that's interesting. When was that? Yesterday? Yeah. And it was like, okay, uh, so, there was a bunch right. of shit that was starting to run out. And I was like, man, it's only been like four days since that thing kicked in. Like, we aren't even really noticing that yet. What thing? The, the, the vax mandate. Border for the mandate. Yeah. I think it was the 17th or something. So it hasn't been that long, and shit's already running out. You don't know. So it's hard to know what, what's, I feel like we haven't even really got to that part of it yet, and it's just regular supply supply chain shit. Well, if those truckers would just stop protesting against bad roads. Yeah, I know. We should fix the roads. What task, BC does have shitty roads. I mean, look, they just got just washed away. No, last just time kidding. there was a storm, the roads just got washed away. Yeah, but there's only so much you can do against Mother Nature when she wants to do that. You can't just, just not, it's not because the roads maybe are you, bad. Maybe it's you, just, buddy. Maybe you, I'll tell you what, when I leave my fucking mark on Mother Nature, it's there to stay. Okay? That's it. Your seeds? When you plant your whatever, seeds? Whatever mother? I'm up to. I don't do things temporarily. I don't, that's it. You're not going to get any excuses out of me. That sounds like a real, a real commie excuse over there, Greg. I'm just like, what are you going to do? Mother Nature got the best of us. 
Darn. <laughs> oh no. You just shut so off. So we're just joking about the we're just joking about the truckers, obviously. They're not uh protesting the roads. They're on their way to Ottawa. Well, some of them might be. Be careful there. Because when so I open CBC, up the story, when I open CB- up the story, it said it was a different story. It says there's two different protests going oh, on today. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know enough to just outright say that that's bullshit. Oh, okay, okay. There's a chance Fair it enough. could be both. Thanks for that. We don't want to be those guys, you know? No, I totally. I don't want to be at all, yeah. Yeah. But it seems it's highly suspicious. It's like, yeah. uh, it's kind of like the, uh, the, uh, the, what do they call it when you're well, you know, the, the, the things on 9 11? What were they doing? The uh, simulations, <laughs> you're doing yeah. like crashing into building simulations and then some planes crashing into some buildings. Well, that's the problem, right? All it takes is two truckers bitching about the roads and they're gonna say, Oh, the truckers are protesting the roads, not the, the vax mandates. You know, this is what they're just, just I'm so suspect of anything that comes out of the media. They do have a story right? now that says that there is a convoy against vax mandates, yeah. Do they? That's good. Good for them. They finally succumbed to the pressure. I try and stay off of Twitter. It's just a cesspool, and I think it's all bots, man. I just keep going more and more down this bot thing that, you know, it's just a bunch of fucking, like, manufactured dissent. Ooh, that'd be a good book. Write that down. Possible book title. Yeah. Um. Who was telling me that there's some... Uh... Because I notice you don't get revved up like that in our chats, and maybe that's because it's an echo chamber, but I found myself spending a little more time on the Facebook account, and it just seems like a little less less toxic over there for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe just because I haven't spent much, a lot of time over there, and I'm just trying it now. But I think it's also that it's a little more like... um, it doesn't seem like, I don't see as much of the, I don't know what it is about Twitter, man, but holy fuck. I mean, it's hard to find positive anything on there. It's hard to be like, I'd go on there and try and be positive, And it's just, it's even hard. You just get comments on your positive shit calling you a blowjob. So. Oh, I wanted to show you a Twitter thing that I followed through Vaccine Choice Canada. It was a guy that put out seven tweets. And it was amazing the way he had talked about the, uh, a thread, a nice little thread. Yeah, it's like seven of them, and it was just incredibly well written about what's happening right now. And I meant to actually, I think I meant to actually save it for this Twitter segment. Twitter's a bit of a shit show. It really is not the best way to get a hold of me anymore. I know I was, I was DMing with Gainsford the other day, and I was like, I got to get your phone number or something because it's just too much, too much DMs and messages, and I can yeah. no longer commit to getting back to everyone. Well, that's much. what I've been telling people on Institute, but I feel like a boomer. I'm like, can you please email me about coming on the show? Because I'm not going to check the DMs. In oh, yeah. No mid- show correspondence is happening on social media. That's just crazy. You can set up the email, but but all all any booking has to happen via email. I couldn't imagine. I mean, yeah. I think your Instagram's probably as busy or busier than Twitter. Just nonstop. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Nine, stop. These motherfuckers don't sleep. I got a quote for you. This what kind of quote? Can... A profound one? Yeah. Remember when they were all UFO quotes? Oh, my God. I know. I, went through, <laughs> I was saving up UFO quotes. I went through like 300 of them. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. To be clear, the last like 100 or so were not very profound. It was like, well, well look, there's I a UFO. Dude, I picked them, Sergeant. obviously, with the more <laughs> profound ones at the beginning. I mean, 
Did you ever expect to do 300 of them? No, I don't know. I just, I had this huge, huge document with all these quotes from all these famous people. Oh my people. God. It seems like another fucking show. Yeah, it does. Profound UFO quote. Of the you ready? Week. And then there's the X-Files one too. Remember the old X-Files jingle? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. You got to get, you could probably guess this one. This is a. All right. I'll try. It's the profound quote of the week. Can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Okay. Profound quote of the week. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses. Is an important element in democratic society. <laughs> Sorry, already laughing. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. How is that a logical result? Nesta H. Webster. No. Ugh. Nice try. Nice try. It's got to be from one of the logic- books you're reading. Nope. Vast no? numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are lived to or if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. Bernays. Edward Bernays. Oh yeah, good one. Bingo bango. Got it. Good one. I need to read his book. So. I'm I don't Chomsky's know. Do you, does that make sense? This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. How is that a result of What's the way it's organized? What is because it? people are basically manipulating the masses. It's the whole reason why demo- people argue that democracies might not work, right? Because how uh, was it? What was it like? A Tian and on Outlawed said it's like a wolf and a chicken arguing over who's for what's for dinner or something like that. What? Oh, okay. I think. That, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I think, well, clearly, I don't, hmm. I mean, that's just like a different way around the control structure because I don't think we're meant to do, I mean, those guys in IM and stuff say we're meant to do democracy because that's what the deer do when they look at the watering hole. But I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I mean, I've, I bought that shit back in the day when I, I wasn't hunting. Now I'm hunting. Now I think Thom Hartman is full of shit about the deer all looking at the watering hole together and them all wandering down there when 51% of the deer look at the thing. That's not how it works. It's very clearly an alpha-driven um, environment. Oh, I see what you're saying, because you're, now you're a hunter. So yeah, you're, now I'm spending oh. time in the wilderness with the deer. A lot more time, I would argue, than Thom Hartman. You should have Thom on the show. He's a lovely guy. Anyway, I don't buy it. So, uh, but even if you did, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's the way humans are. I mean, exactly. I mean, if I look back historically over time, if it's all, if it's true, is we seem to defer to authority, whether it's a chief or a chieftain or, you know, fill in the blank, a king, a prince, uh, whatever the Russian ones were called. Now it's an oligarch. And we don't like it so much because it's too many people. 
But I think arguably we'd be fine if it was 50 of us and uh, I was a chief. Or you were um, the, well, that'd be weird. Who was, who was saying, oh, that was what the Viking, I was listening to our upcoming guest about the Vikings and how uh, for the longest time, when, when you look at the true Vikings and how they were, they lived in little uh, 50, 50 people sort of tribes. We all did, I think. Uh, until we got into agriculture, we all did. That's how we rolled. It's like Indians had the bands that big, the clans, mostly the clans, and the clans would be part of a bigger band that would meet up once in a while. Usually in like the surplus season, summer and fall when everything's in abundance and you can feed a few hundred people a little easier. But there seems to be just that um, natural sort of, you know, the, there was someone was deciding when it was time for the clan to move on, right? I mean, I, I should look into that a little more because I, I found out recently that, you know, my... My family was a clan, was the head of a clan, the Kaminawash clan. So, wow, really? Yeah, how all that worked. Is the clan a bunch of tribes together, or is it? No, the clan would have been a group of like it's more like a big extended family. Right, right, okay, okay. So that'd be the Kaminawash, like the surname. So like cousins and yeah, yeah. And then when it got so big, well, you know, maybe the head son would go, and uh, the oldest son might go and start a, or the oldest daughter, whichever, go start a. A new thing, but there definitely seems to be this thing that we're like hardwired to, 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 um, refer to authority in some way, but I think it's like hijacked by modern society because we're supposed to have like a, a very large say in that authority. Like it was 50 people. I could say, well, look, Graham, I don't think it's a good idea to go down and get some water days, a little cold out. It might be frozen. I know you're thirsty, but, and then uh, you might say, yeah, all right, that's a pretty good idea, Darren. All right. I'll refer to your judgment on this one. Whereas now it's like Trudeau, I can never even get a word in edgewise with the fucking guy. You know what I mean? It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. That I Plus, get there was probably consequences of continually lying to your tribe back then. Well, yeah, there would have been, right? Exactly. And you, well, you couldn't, you just couldn't have done it without getting caught. Do so I get it's to like, talk about the book I th- I'm reading right now? I think it's all hijacked. It's like a hijacked innate thing. And I'm not saying like, oh, folks, Darren thinks we're slaves. I'm not saying that. But we've seen most of us, and I'm, I mean, I'm not one of those people personally, <clears throat> but most people would rather lead than follow. Or sorry, would rather follow than lead. They just don't agree on who they're following because it's too big of a fucking motherfucker. If they could just pick between maybe a couple dozen people, they could probably find someone they like. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But in my... um experience in various leadership positions over the years is that most people don't want to be in that position. Even people who very much have the skill set to do it and you talk to them about it and they're like, and no, no, not interested in that. (laughs) So yeah, I've got good buddies like that, that have everything that could be like, a leadership potential could, yeah. that have huge yeah. leadership potential that are just like, no, man, that sounds yeah. like a headache. I am not interested in yeah. or a responsibility a responsibility. Know, but maybe that's getting worse then. I mean, maybe I feel like 20 years ago. Well, I mean, this is, the, this is what I tell my kids now, sometimes. Now, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be the manager in a company. This that is how I tell my kids sometimes. Global or North American marketing. And stuff. I was like, it'd be fucking scary. You the me? beauty about all this is it's going to be so much easier for you guys to excel. I mean, honestly, I mean, the dumbification 
if you guys stay on your toes, it's just going to be, from what I can see, is it's, it's looking like in some ways different barriers to entry are harder. And that's maybe to be like on a super, super high level, but just to like, you know, not have, not just to be, to, it's going to be easier to do your own thing because I think less and less people are, it's instead of more inclined with the more possibilities, I feel like it's going in the opposite direction. People don't have the self-responsibility anymore. And I think that's going to get worse to try and do their own thing. I mean, there's so many people that I've just like tried to, to talk into trying something else or doing something different or nudging that, you know, I'm sick of hearing you talk about how much you hate this. Have you ever thought of this, 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 or this? And, you know, their eyes just sort of glaze over. Like, what are you talking about, man? It's like, okay. Yeah. And I think that's getting worse to the point where, uh, right, right. where so it'll even, be like, sure, I think the YouTube market will be tough. If my kids want to be YouTubers, that's going to be tough because there's going to be a billion kids trying to be YouTubers. But if they want to be maybe a writer or uh, different things like that or start a business and things like that, I think those avenues are going to be, depending on what happens in the future, but. I think it's a, yeah, I think you can the, uniquely parent your kids right now to have a huge advantage when they're older. Yeah, that's a good point. But then the, they're going to have to contend with um, the government not wanting as many small businesses around either and sort of big businesses taking over small businesses. Like that is a different, I mean, you know, making it have you jump through hoops to open up a business. There's all that kind of stuff. But I do, I, I do. That's always been a problem. Saying. The barriers to entry are still smaller than they've ever been in, in 99% of industries. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, you want to talk about your book? Then we can try and sell oh, some books. Oh, should I? I mean, I don't know. Well, so it seems like you want to. One of the new audiobooks coming out is going to be called uh, Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. Um, thus, Darren sort of guessing that I was bringing a quote in from that, which was a good guess. Nestor Webster, I think. Nesta, Nesta Webster. Buddy, I can read you like a book. Um, you post your little highlighted things in the chats, right? Well, I did one time. You, can I read that one? I mean, no, no. <laughs> Save it for next week. Yeah, because then the book might week. be out. Wait till the book. But out. anyways, this book is is about. Um, it's talking about the present, which was a hundred years ago. So the present of the secret societies and subversive movements. So it talks about modern Freemasonry and how there's the difference between like the English Lodge and the Grand Orient, um, which gets blamed for a lot of the sort of global. Uh, overreach talks about the other secret societies in England, open, open subversive movements, pan-Germanism, the real Jewish peril, the conclusion. I mean, it's pretty interesting. And then I'm going to go back and read part one, which is uh, the Templars, three centuries of occultism, the origins of Freemasonry, the ancient secret tradition, the grand lodge. Like this is going to be one of my favorite books, probably the Bavarian Illuminati. Um, Yeah. It's really interesting. Graham, everything's my favorite remember that, Dunlop. Remember Robison, that book we did, Robison, Proofs of Conspiracy? He keeps quoting that book, and he talks about Robison. Yeah, I heard it come up a few times. Because Robison got, he got, uh, he, you know, I mean, it's, it's so weird. The press was just as bad back then, right? Just like all the Charles, Charles Fort books I read. I mean, he was constantly slagging the press and the, and the even... Uh, astronomy and the science that just accepts this data or because it fits their paradigm and rejects this data or ignores it or suppresses it. I mean, it's just been going on for so much longer than we thought. 
The book sales haven't updated since the new agenda showed out, so maybe it's because we sold so many books, we broke the glitch. Glitched the yeah, maybe. glitched it. So yeah, this one will be coming out soon, and Ancient Egypt will be coming out soon too, which was interesting. Ancient that was Egypt, like, well, no, it won't be like, coming out soon. You read one like small well, part of it. Out, yeah, but you're putting. I out put that out, but you can't yeah. say Ancient Egypt. It'll be coming out soon. Well, book one will be right. One, one, yes. Volume yeah, one. yeah, one will be. So what you can the, say is, is sign language as a blah 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 whatever yeah, the yeah, weird yeah. ass tells you can say that yeah. is coming out soon. But something tells yeah. me you're going to be another month or two on Ancient Egypt. Well, dude, yeah, it's like in a yeah, thousand like, page book. And you're cramming other stuff that. in between. Yeah. That was kind of like a Hamlet's Mill and a secret doctrine in a way. Like talking about how the ancient Egypt is the sort of origin of a lot of symbolism and, and sign language and other parts. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. We're going to Egypt. Of course, uh, I don't know if it'll get past the wait lists. There's a couple of wait lists of people waiting. And uh, there's only so many spots, so if there's if there's any spots left left at the end of the month, we're gonna open it up and we'll give the URL out uh, and the password out for the to the website to sign up. But unfortunately, that's gonna we're gonna give that seven days to go through the wait list, and there's like twice as many people at least on the wait list as there is spots available. So that let that be a lesson that if you if you missed out next time, you're gonna want to get on that motherfucking wait list. That's what they're there for. Contact at thecabin.com if you want to get on any of those other trips, adventures, workshops, and theme-based tours. Uh, there's about five of them up there right now. You can make a deposit, get in on one of them. Adultbrain.ca if you want to check out all those audio books we were talking about. There's uh, 36 titles available for purchase right now. There's four more in review that will probably be out by the end of the week. By, by next week's show, there'll probably be another four more out. And we got subversive movements will get submitted right away. Part two will be submitted in the next day or two. And uh, yeah, adultbrain.ca, get an audiobook today. Helps out. Even if you don't have an if you don't have Audible yet, you can get one for free. Because Audible will give you a free month and a free book. I think you have to give them a credit card number or something, so you just have to cancel it within the 30 days and then it's free, but you get a free thing and a free book, and we still get paid. So you could try that. And you get to yeah, listen to one of Graham's idea. lovely yeah. little books. And uh, head over to grahamerica.ca slash support. Support the show, guys. We can't do the show without you. Couldn't do without you. We wouldn't be here without you. And if we don't have you, we'll have to stop. What do you got? What do you got? To tell? Yeah, you can do it after this. You're after, okay? grahamerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today. Uh, make a one-time donation. Head over to grahamerica.ca. Check out that podcast. Uh, whatever you can do, whenever you can do it. If you can support the show, it helps us keep going and keep growing around here. And if the support dries up, so does the show. Sign up today. All right, Graham, what do you got? Uh, Mark England, while well, he's the founder of Procrabulary, which we talk a little bit about uh, the language, you know, using you know good language, proper language for manifesting things and changing your life, basically. And he's also uh, head coach of this Enlifted.me, the certification for coaches, expands skill sets and grows your services and increases your impact on your clients' lives. It's got a great TEDx too from a few few years ago. Um, you can find all that from the links in our uh, show notes. He could show up in uh, Arizona, Arizona still. He might show up with Brandon. That'd be all right. All right, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the chat. Mark England.
Mark England, thanks for spending some time with us in Grimerica. Welcome. Gentlemen, thank you for having me on. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. I was uh, watching your, your TED Talk and learning about your vocabulary a little bit and some other stuff. And I mean, geez, it's a fantastic topic. Fits right in with some of the stuff we try to try to do here. So uh, how you been? I've been well uh, and entertained. So since I was living in SoCal right around the time that COVID hit about two years ago. And I took a look at, I took a look around and I'm like, you know, either I'm going to, am I going to navigate whatever the fuck this is? Hope it's all right for me to drop F-bombs. It is, yeah. Uh, cool. Here, or am I going to go back to central Virginia where we have a family farm? Uh, yeah, I got some acreage. Then we, the neighbors like us. We like the neighbors. And um, yeah, so I've been back in Virginia, uh, up, up, uh, up in the mountains, typing on my keyboard and working and having having fun. Wow. So you, so you noticed like pretty early that uh, things were going to get a little hairy down there? Um, I didn't know what to expect and you know, rural Virginia versus, uh, you know, SoCal gridlock. It was no, it was, yeah, it, was right. it was no question. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I bolted and I've been up here, been here for two, two years and, uh, yeah, I'm about to venture out back out though. Oh so, yeah. Where to? Yeah. We're myself and Kimberly Kesting, who's our community manager for the Enlifted Coaches. We're going to SoCal on Monday, Tuesday. We've got three. We went out there. We're going out there to do the Paul Check podcast in person, and we we've been we're a big fan of his. He's a he's a living legend in the fitness industry, and um, doing his show out there and Shervine's show, the the guy that owns Symbiotica, and then then one of the the biggest CrossFit gyms we're going to go present for their coaches. So it's a, it's nice. a bang, bang, bang. Nice. So yeah. what, so what have you been working more with your voc- uh, vocabulary of the last couple of years or what's been the latest thing you've been working on? That, yeah. that the, we sort of, we started certifying coaches. So I've been doing oh, this. Oh, that's fantastic. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. absolutely, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it, it scratches two of the biggest or checks two of the biggest boxes for me. Uh, so everybody, I'm one of the co-founders and head coach of Enlifted, which is, uh, we certify coaches on how to get people unstuck, also known as dismantling the victim mentality using everyday ordinary language, also known as breaking spells by definition. I'm very happy to get into all of that. Um, and, and yeah, over the past three years, we, we transitioned to certifying coaches and I get to, I get to teach something that has helped me profoundly change the story I tell myself about myself and turn the volume way down on my own victim mentality, which does a lot of cool things all, uh, amongst uh, one of, one of the, the main things is unlocking the breath. We're very interested in helping people unlock their breath, get it out of their chest get it down in their abdomen, low and slow, as we say in the game. And from there, people are a whole, it's a lot harder to scare and manipulate people when they're breathing well. Totally. Yeah. Breath is so important. I mean, I've, I'm, I I'm can't always, do it though. I'm always, uh, 
like you said, I didn't, I didn't until I heard you talk about it with, uh, I think I listened to your show with Matt from uh, Matt Belair. It was fantastic. You guys talking about it. And, and it was, and uh, I'm always in this like really like low breath state, but working with, you know, Brandon Powell and doing that Wim Hof, it sort of brought the awareness a little bit more and through meditation as well. Lots of meditation over the years, but I still during the day have a hard time. I mean, I have an, even had an app on my, or sorry, the alarm on my phone come the pop up every day, say deep breath, like take a deep breath. Yeah, I, could, I can't do it. I can't that, do the breath work. And I'm I just, always, and I'm always I know telling Maria, and I'm always telling Maria to do it too. Breathe, breathe, because she doesn't breathe, right? She just, and she's got chronic pain all the time, and she doesn't breathe. So that's the, so important. The person, the average person, takes 200 sighs a day, and that's because the breath is is oh people my are in. God. I know, right? Most most people are walking around. Ask any any yoga teacher that's been in the game for just even a little bit of time. Almost everybody's walking around in a in an upregulated sympathetic nervous system response state, also known as a stress response, and their breath is trapped in the chest. And um, uh, when people reside there, they get fixated on things. It's called amygdala hijack. So they get fixated. Their ability to listen goes down. They 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 um, they have a hard time accessing their their actual physical peripheral vision, um, and their their creative faculties. So once once a group of pop a, a group of people, an individual or a group of people are scared, and you 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 magicians know this. The people that script the news know this. Uh, our, our man, Doctor Robert Malone, came out and he introduced the, the concept of mass formation psychosis to everybody on Rogan a couple weeks ago. You, you lock their attention on something and it's a motherfucker to get it off. It's yeah. a spell. Yeah. You can't. And in fact, you, you might as well not even try in some ways you might as well try and work on the people that are at least read, that at least don't know what to do and are ready to do something. hundred percent. And another shout out to Brandon Powell. He's our breathwork coach for our enlisted coaches community. He comes in once a month. We have a consistent conversation about the importance of we have a saying good breathing equals good coaching because if you're breathing well you're establishing rhythm and and you, you can listen wow that's amazing i don't know where i want to go with this i can't do the breath work you know i oh, always yeah, you're talking i know about good, the regular during the day we're talking about just like even being breathing. conscious of it during the day right like i don't <clears throat> like i do like brandon's kind of thing about every couple of days i do i do a session myself Oh, here's something you might be interested in that you might be able to help with. I mean, I know Brandon's probably the guy to talk to and we'll be with him next month. But since, since I had COVID, um, my breath holds have gone from like three minutes to, uh, one and a half. Now they're down to one minute, which is kind of freaky, but I don't have a, like, I don't have any normal issues through the day, but my breath hold that I usually used to, like, I used to feel like I could go forever is, is disappearing. (laughs) Well, have you heard uh, of that before? Weapons are a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what about also? Let's to put this into context. He also hasn't really left the house for a few months, <laughs> so the, I feel like that could also be playing a factor. Fair enough. The and you're 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 in the game of you're in the conversation about breath awareness and developing your breathing, uh, and and you know we have we. I know I'm referencing coaching a lot and it's, I've been doing this full time somewhere between full time and overtime the whole time for 15 years. So it's one of the main lenses I see things through. We tell our coaches, good luck changing someone's mind while their breath is trapped in their chest. 
get it lower, get it slower. They're going to be much more psychologically and emotionally uh, uh, malleable. And, and the first, it all starts with awareness. Yeah. Which is also getting into, you know, using awareness for your vocabulary too. And what we say to each other and like your experience, uh, you know, when you kind of switch careers and your whole life changed around and, and this is, this is so important because that's another sort of spell, right? Spells that we cast on ourselves every day, all the time, you know, whether it's thoughts or words, but how to, how to fix that thinking, right? Yeah, and it, it comes down to gentlemen, uh, and I was a teacher before I got involved in this line of work. I taught elementary school PE. I've got a degree in education. I can take a shit on it. And I got brought up in the public school system. Most people's education about their language comes down to spelling, grammar, and definitions. There's a whole other side to the conversation, dare I say, and I do dare say, a metaphysical side of the conversation, how our language influences our imagination our feelings and emotions, our posture to keep it simple, and our breath. And it does it to say that it's consistent in influencing those aspects and, of course, some other you know, the, the other peripheral stuff. And we're good at keeping it simple. It's um, quite reliable. And when people start to learn that there's a game to be played, that you can, anyone can, with a little bit of interaction, I'm going to give some uh, some very easy exercises in this conversation that people can do that they can have an experience about themselves for themselves of changing some seemingly everyday ordinary language and they will feel better and things will look better and their breathing capacity will will expand um, and and we're working with spells by definition Webster's definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence that's it and some spells are expansive in nature. Okay, they make things look bigger and brighter and more spacious in our imagination, and they create lighter and brighter feelings and emotions, energy. They allow us to breathe better. They you, you, you maintain them. The, the posture starts to improve. And then there's constrictive, restrictive spells. Spells that make things seem like they're coming in on you and create those boogie monsters, scary pictures, and dense energy, trap the breath in the chest. And I know this is, I'm, I'm familiar with y'all's podcast, so I can um, go a little bit deeper into oh, some, yeah. some yeah. of these side topics. Rudolf Steiner, he said, any force that seeks to constrict or control is by definition Luciferian. And so, you know, we teach people how to use this. Is it a pen or is it a magic wand to write things down and then go from something called conflict language, we translate it out and get people out of these stress responses that are, that their words and their stories are driving and get into better. They, 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 they use their word. Their, their, most people's language works against them. Fellas. Yeah. We help people's language. We help people get their language working for them. So they stay focused on what's important to them. Keep the emotional gas tank high and the turn the, turn the drama down all and it's through, easy all, yeah it's all through science. all through your own thoughts and, and words right i mean that could yeah. really change your your daily perceptions and along with that yeah. health your reality everything will, will shift for sure 
Yeah, for sure. But it's but it's hard. I mean, negative self talk is. Um, I mean, I went through addiction like thirteen and a half or recovery thirteen and a half years ago. So I've I've been through the whole Congrats. trying to reprogram everything because I used to, you know, my self hate was was super high. I was a you know a victim of addiction and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, I've had to experience all that, that, that changing myself, but I still get into negative uh, self-talk and um, not feeling good enough or not being good enough, that kind of stuff. But I do have some more awareness around it, which I never had before. But I guess I wanted to get into, so how, how do people like, so, so writing stuff down the conflict, conflict language, how do people start to start to reprogram their, their thinking or their speech? Great question. Um, the answer is the same with, with the breath, which is raising an awareness that, um, there are, there are, there are numerous ways that we can tell ourselves a story about ourselves to ourselves. There are numerous ways that we can interpret a situation and let's, let's, let's get into this via a story. Of when I fell in, I've fallen in love on site twice. First was with jujitsu in uh, 1996. I wrestled in high school. Find I pin you, you pin me. It was good enough. The first time I got choked though in a jujitsu class, I was like, oh my god! And I went super deep into that for six years. I fought in MMA. What before was called MMA in the in the mid and late 90s and, and early 2000s, and moved over to Thailand. Uh, the plan was go over for a year, polish up my Thai boxing skills, come back and go pro. That's not what happened. Six months in, and you can hear the, the tiny violins playing in the background. I jacked my knee up for a second time because my addiction was, was fighting. That was my main addiction because that was the, the band-aid. That was how I proved to myself in the world that I wasn't scared and I wanted to be seen as a tough guy. I love the identity. And, um, uh, it was, it was the thing that kept the bandaid on my fears of not being good enough and that there was something wrong with me and I was somehow doomed to fail. Technically all that's called a telephobia folks. Uh, the fear of not being good enough. It's a lot of, it's a lot, it's what a lot of this stuff boils down to. And so I go over there, jack my knee up, have my second knee surgery six months in and darkness descends and i used that fail what i saw as a fail at the time as proof evidence that there was really something wrong with me and i was never gonna make it okay wasn't good enough you took a shot and you just wrecked it it's over the doctor told me that he goes your your career as a fighter is over you could become a very good swimmer i make a picture of doing laps next to grandma in a pool, like not exactly what I had in mind. And I didn't laugh for a year. Like I don't, that's, that's, that's a weird scenario. It's a weird experience. I didn't laugh for a year. I might not have even smiled authentically for a year. And, and I get tired of myself. Thank God. I, I, I saw, I saw what that path looked like. You know, at 50, 55, 60, it's like, dude, are you going to be whining about this? 30 years from now, I was 26 at the time. And I said, I'll take anything but that. I'll take anything but that. And I ended up living in Thailand for a decade. It still sounds weird to say. Um, five years in Bangkok as a, as, a, as a sports teacher. And then five years down on Koh Samui as that's where I started uh, coaching, counseling. Anyway, 
I went down to this place called the spa, which will bring up two important points. In 2003, because I needed some help, I needed to do something different with myself. I was a fucking mess. And I went down and did this seven-day cleanse program where you pay to not eat. It's a great gig. You take the magic detox shakes and the pills and you you come back lighter. And I, I felt better. I said, I, this is... I can keep, I can participate differently. I, I'm, I'm going back the third time down. There was a gentleman. I'm speaking to him tomorrow. Speaking to him tomorrow. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen him in, in two years. Barry Musgrave. He's 80 years old. He's still doing the work living in Greece. Uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Barry Musgrave doing a workshop on emotional detoxification and Mark and all his wisdom snickered at the name. I went though, guess what he talked about? Words, stories, identity. And then he asked, uh, is there anybody that's uh, hung up on a story? And this, this woman shot her arm up quick. And it was. It was a stinger breakup. I mean, everybody can go Ooh, on that. Her and her friends get a house down at the beach for beach week. Her boyfriend and all his friends get a house right next door. Okay. This is in college. You know the story. Press play, add alcohol, drama ensues. He hooks up with one of her best friends in front of everybody the night before and then dumps her in front of everybody else the next night. Ouch. And she hadn't gotten in a relationship for four years because she was hung up on the story. And he had her play it through three times. First time through, angry and tears. Second time through, we started tinkering with the way the way she was wording the story, and you could see things starting to loose up. Now she's sad, no tears. Third time through, he stopped her at the Lord of the Rings of all the sentences, the one that bound them all, and it went like this: He did that to me, and he made a he made a very clear example. He's like, everybody, did you hear that? He did that to me. Yes said, great. At the end, take out me and put in himself. And her world went from flat to round. And, and it was such a departure from that victim story because there's certain things called projections, folks. It's a way of wording a sentence that will, it's going to work for Einstein. It's going to work for me. Uh, uh, everybody in between. If you, could, if you construct your sentences in a certain way, you're going to create a victim villain mental imagery. You're going to create that dynamic. He did that to me. He's in the picture. She's in the picture. He's doing something to her. She's on the receiving end. Nothing she can do about it. She has to wait for him to change his behavior before she can feel better. Uh, Good luck. Don't hold your breath. Hello, stress response. Hello, breath trapped in the chest. Hello, repetition. Because usually it's not, you know, people usually don't have 900 stories that haunt them. It's a handful that they play on repeat. And I and, and bet the farm they have not written those stories down conversationally with detail, which is something else we'll talk about if y'all want to. Uh, the fastest way that I know of after 15 years deep in the game to break spells of that nature. And she, she said it like a question. It was so, it was so foreign. She he, he did that to himself, and then you see her and hear her talk herself into a, into a new story. He did. he did. And she's looking around. He did do that to himself. And then she told the story of what happened after that, which was that guy's social credit score 
tanked. He lost friends. Um, and she goes, and, and now that she's, she's got different perspective and a little bit of, well, it was actually a lot, uh, emotional freedom. She goes, you know, that was never going to work anyway. The guy was really weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, that's not my story, but that's my story. And that was the second time I've fallen in love on site and it's held my attention since then. And I'm so grateful for this work because I'm a horrible student. When I'm bored, bad things happen. When I'm into things that I enjoy and, and I find interesting, better things happen. So when you say sentence structure, are you talking about thoughts as well? So it's the sentence that you speak and the sentence that you think as well, right? Very, very good question. So when, when both, so when I refer to language, I'm talking about internal, internal and dialogue yeah. and external dialogue, what we think, what we say, and what we write. Right. And those, th- those three things are so close to home. It's the easiest thing in the world to miss right between our ears, right under our nose, right at the tips of our fingers. And let's just talk about seduction. I mean, what's more seductive than our own voice in our own head? It's like, it's up there. So <clears throat> when we talk about manifesting things or reprogramming your thoughts or, you know, there's these different sort of schools of thought on, on the present tense, like where should you be? Like, where should you be manifesting from? If you're, if you're going to be, let's say you're using affirmations or something and every day you want to do something, you want to. You know, there's the, there's the, you know, I can do this. There's the, I will do this. There's the, I am this already. Like I'm already there. That's hard. That's hard for me to grasp, but there's different, different schools of thought on, on, you know, how you should be speaking that, you know, cause you don't want to add the negative thing in there. I will not, you know, do this because then you're throwing, do this into your, oh, if people into your could head, hear right? how the I, pink, the pink if elephant. People could thing, hear right? my self talk. They would be like, Oh my God, this guy. He's what very abusive a to yourself. Character. Oh no, I'm good to myself, man. All the time. You're just giving yourself, you're I'm just, a superstar. You're just, uh, I justifying handled, all your bad behavior. Yeah. Probably rationalizing all your crit, you know, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That too. That too. Probably a bit of that, but, uh, I always know where I'm going and I always know how I'm getting there. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes I feel like, whoa, bro, I think you're like cocky. You're being conceited. You got to slow down. So, and I, you, you try and balance it, but at the same time, you got to, I think that's important, you know, you know, and I do my own. Well, there's a difference between confidence. I do and my own right? self-assessment, you know, <clears throat> I do my own self-assessment. I'm my harshest critic, you know, in due time. But during the day when things are like happening, I'm, I'm very upbeat on my self-talk. Um, you know, to the point of like, sometimes I just feel like, sometimes it feels like, uh, it's not fair <laughs> <laughs> to other people. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a guy. <laughs> so, I mean, but do you, well, start but with- that's just because that- I, I like it. I approve of that message. I mean, you know, it, it, you, you need to be your own hype man. Because guess what? If you got a raging victim-centric story about yourself, <laughs> all the the nudges and the hugs and the attaboys and the go-get-its and, you know, the, uh, you, you know, you got this is, th- those are, they, they, will, they will be short-lived, the, the, the boost. So, yeah, good. good I feel bad for other people that, not because they're not me, because I don't think I'm anything <laughs> special. 
you know, anyone could have done what I've done or been, couldn't be doing what, what I'm doing, but they're not. They're just drifting along. And that's like, that's sad. I feel bad for them. You know, it's like, it's like life's hard for them. You know, is it really hard? That's not my place to say. That's not my assessment that life's hard for them. That's their assessment that life's hard for them. Or at least nine times out of 10, that's going to be their assessment. Life's too hard. It's not fair. Rich people, this. And I mean, I bitch about Bezos and Amazon. I've tried to bitch less because, I mean, I'm in business with the motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, and at least out of all those guys, he provides real services that I enjoy. The other guys are just ruining society. Like, I mean, like the social media companies are a real fucking mess. I think those are, Amazon's not good. It could probably be broken up into some smaller companies. But uh, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get into that whole conversation. But there's like, it's not that I feel bad for people because it's just because they don't, you know, it's just, it's harder for them. And that's because they think it's harder for them. In a lot of ways, there are some people, there isn't, there isn't a quality of, um, of, uh, the opposite outcome, I guess there isn't quality of output, out start. There's not quality of starting point, you know, like in a lot of ways I have a good job too. So I had a good job the whole time I was building this stuff in the background. If yeah, I was worked, living yeah, in a you, third but, world but country and didn't you... have the internet or, you know, there's a, some different scenarios where I couldn't have maybe built what I was able to build. But, I mean, I didn't, I definitely didn't have anything fucking handed to me. I moved out here out with a duffel bag and and stuff like that. But it was just like, and and there was a real time, you know, probably even when I first met Graham that I could have just been, you know, not a train wreck of a life, but definitely probably what I would have called a waste of a life. You know, I would have kind of just did fine in my day job and, and sort of lived paycheck to paycheck for the rest of my life. And, and I was able to sort of transcend that through probably the podcast really was the, the biggest episode. Having kids was a big one too, but then, you know, the podcast turns out to be a giant one. And, uh, I don't know. It's like um, there's not a quality of starting point. There's also not a quality of effort. And uh, I mean, that's what I'm just trying to justify why I said it's not fair to other people because it's not, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anyone. I'm just saying that they're not bothering. And they're not going to their whole life. I mean, that's the most shitty part people, of it. Yeah. It's like yeah. these are people that I'm friends with that I'm interacting with on a daily basis. And you know, some of them I don't bother anymore because I've got countless friends now, probably not countless, but, you know, more than I can count on one hand that I've tried to pull out of the matrix, you know, to inspire and to try in this or try in that or, and it just, you know, it falls on deaf ears to the point that I don't kind of bother anymore. And it's just like, it's sad when someone's not going to, maybe not even realize potential, but not even bother to try. You put this, you put this podcast out there, you facilitate events for people. That's, that's a, that's a very big deal. You know, G- great on you for having a story that works for you and keeps you in the game and, and, and builds you up so much so that you've got, you've, you've got, you've got extra to share with other people. That's the name of the game. And, you know, you said something that I say, I tell the students all the time, 
because they see me present and they're like, okay, yeah, um, if I can do this, so can you. There's nothing special about me, right? Anyone can change the way they talk. Yeah. <clears throat> so if I was to do these affirmations, let's say, and, and there's the, the, uh, the difference between, you know, I can be something, I will be something, or I am something. Is there a preference that you like if you're shortening down your sort of vocabulary and your affirmations to like, am I trying to pretend that I am that already or that I will be that? Got it. Or that I, definitively. Or that I can be that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's, here's what you want to work with. It's called believability factor. If you are working with someone uh, that someone could be yourself, you need to find out where you are psychogeographically speaking and find out I am much more uh, uh, of a fan of moving things one step forward at a time and socializing that new space. So if someone writes down, um, I, I will work out three times a week for the next year. They set a goal like that. They use I will. Uh, and it's hard for them to connect with that. It's hard for them to relate to that. Back it up. Back it up to can. I can. I can. That could be easier for them to get on board with. And sometimes could use use consciously is the most that could puts everything on the table. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, could, yeah. I could, I could start my own business. I could, uh, enroll in this course. I could, and here's, here's the, here's the, we've run more supercharger affirmations workshops than I can count. Here's the thing with affirmations. Yes. You want to make them affirmative. So there's a difference between, I don't want to be overweight and I want to, uh, be healthy. Uh, be healthy. And, and so you want them to be pointed in the right direction. You want to have some metrics in there. There's a difference between I want to be healthy and I want to weigh 185 pounds. Okay. And there's a difference between I want to weigh 185 pounds and I want to weigh 185 pounds by July 1st right. and maintain that for the rest of the year. Right. And you want to do one thing at a time. How many times, there's another thing I stopped. If people come up to me and they've got an affirmation that's a, a, a medium-sized paragraph, one sentence. There's nine different things in it, talking about travel and soulmates and business and amount of money and they're going to own two houses and and no, get single short single statements that are practical, as in you can practice them. And here's the kicker. Here's where the word supercharge comes in. Very rarely does anyone have any sentences written down that will benefit their life. Out of the people that do very rarely are they practiced well not very let's just go rarely are they practiced out loud okay now here's the thing what you want to do is you want to get a breath in between each one so you can pick let's say you have five affirmations state the affirmation at about 80 percent of your normal rate of speech when you slow down your rate of speech you're going to feel the words more. That's very important. And then get a breath in there. Breathe in. Breathe out. When affirmations are recited and the breath is trapped in the chest, it is simply a mental exercise. It's a head job. Okay. When the breath is included, okay, that brings the entirety of the person 
into the conversation, and it's known as socializing the idea, embodying the concept, or taking it to heart. And it creates a much better rhythm. Okay? So breathe in between your affirmations and watch what happens. Watch what happens. Yeah, that's great advice. And I love the believability part. Now it makes sense to me. Like that's yeah. why sometimes me pretending that I am something else instead of saying I will do it or I could do it feels like faking it till I make it kind of thing or something. Like I don't want, I, I don't feel like authentic if I'm saying, oh, I am, I am this, which, which I'm not. I might be in two years, but sure. for me, What's it the- resonates more probably that I will, I will become that or something. Exactly. What, what's the easiest thing for people to get on board with right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rep it with breath. Keep going until it's a matter of fact statement. Yes, I can do X, Y, and Z. And then move them to will. Okay? Yeah. You'll, you'll do so much better than, I mean, I've, I've been in a number of language-focused communities over the years, and some of them go to the past tense version immediately. Uh, you know, I am 185 pounds and you're 220 pounds and you're like, it's just, you can just tell the, the people's eyeballs glaze over. No, no, no. Let's back this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What about people that, uh, that, that, um, have chronic issues, maybe pain issues, like, cause it's, e- it's easy for somebody like me that, that, um, I don't know, is, is fairly healthy and that intends and wants to experiment with the stuff or try it out or try and re have the intention to retrain my brain and my thoughts. But what if somebody's disturbed by physical pain so much that, and, and maybe their, you know, their negative thought patterns are playing a part in that, but it's not a, that's the not the whole part. It might be exaggerating them or, 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 um, making them last longer or maybe come on faster or, you know what I mean? Like, but, but they're not, it's not all psychosomatic, but obviously that negative talk is not helping. You know, how do we get somebody like in a physical chronic state to retrain their thought process? Uh, first things first. Um, okay. Let me, let me get this on the table first. Uh, very frequently. And I'm, I'm 45 years old now. And I am in, I feel great. Okay. 20 at 26, I was in a lot of pain from the fight game. I had a knee that gave out hurt. It was always hot. I sprung something out in my neck. I had firearm down one of my arms for two years. Uh, I I thought 45, I was going to look like, I mean, you know, bad. So I understand very well what it's like to be in chronic pain and how those those stories quite easily and quickly influence our identity. Okay. So the I can say this very comfortably. What I'm about to share with you is very, 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 very likely only gonna help. Okay. <laughs> only gonna help. What, what you want to do is title, so if it's a specific injury, a car accident, you fell off a ladder, um, uh, uh, some kind of traumatic event, very, very rarely do people ever write out, and we're not talking about journaling. Journaling is writing about how you, how you feel about the thing that happened, writing out as in titling a specific memory. So let's just say a car accident. Someone gets in a car accident and um, 
someone ran a red light, not their fault. You want to title that specific memory and write it out conversationally. There's four steps to this process. And this right here, we are open source with our coaching technology for a couple of reasons. One, it feels great to do that. And two, we're beyond confident. I'll put this coaching system up against anything that's out there. One, because it's simple. And this, this, this process that I'm going to share with you is called the four-step story work process or four-stepping a story. There's four steps to it. I've used it on everything between procrastination and war crimes and torture, gnarly shit, and everything in between. And it works on the how of the story or the mechanics of the story. There is a major difference, everybody. And if you're a coach, take this, use it, see what happens. If you're not, guess what? You got stories too. There's a huge difference between a story kept in the head and a story that is written out. A story that is kept in the head is seemingly infinite. Where does it start? Where does it stop? There's the worst part. Stress response. Rinse, wash, repeat. It's very hard to dialogue and coach coach someone out of that uh, process story kept in the head versus a story that's written down take the pen it might weigh like it might feel like it weighs 500 pounds so what a little bit of sting right now is uh way better than than keeping that thing inside for a few decades and 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 paying the tax on that you title it write it out conversationally in full sentences and punctuations as punctuation as in it could go in a book now the thing is externalized now the story is out here. Now it's finite. Now it has a beginning and an end. Okay. And you've got distance now, distance between your eyeballs. And we're not going to quantum mechanics about this thing, but there's this distance between your eyeballs and what you wrote down. That's step one. That is so rarely done. And now if, if you're a coach, that just made your life so much easier because you and your client are both staring at the same configuration of words, combination of words. Remember what the definition of a spell is? It takes so much of the, the, um, uh, the guesswork out of it. That's step one. Step two, read it regular speed and let, I'll say that in a second. Read it regular speed. Perfect. Step three, slow down your rate of speech by roughly 30% and read it again. When someone slows down their rate of speech, the breath begins to descend. The breath begins to descend and the feels come up. That's a good thing. Okay. Step four, let's say there's four, uh, there's two paragraphs, um, four sentences each. And you, the, the person is talking about a divorce that happened when they were nine. That's haunted them for since that time. And it has influenced, um, how how they see themselves and there's a there's a belief system running that um you know i i gotta take responsibility for everything slash everything's all my fault okay so step four is when you breathe at the periods so if there's two paragraphs four sentences each you take your magic wand and draw a big line thick line at the period so you know when you get there you stop and So it could sound like this. My parents take my sister and I into the kitchen. My mother's crying. 
dad is 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 stone faced as usual. My father tells us we're getting a divorce. He says he's moving out and we're going to live. We're going to stay with mom in the house. He said it was not our fault. And this is this is something they need to do. My little sister is under the table and crying. And I'm thinking uh, I, I should have been able to hold the family together. That right there, that story is going to pluck some of your listeners in the nose. If it does, good in the sense that pick up a pen and write down whatever comes out. And let me show you this. So we, we are all about the mechanics of storytelling. The how is the way to go, folks. The why is overcooked. It's baked. Why am I talking myself out of opportunity? It's very different than how am I talking myself out of opportunity. Okay. Why do I keep having these same relationships with people versus how do I keep having these same relationships with people? How am I telling myself the story of the divorce or that I'm not good enough? When you get into the how, you're getting into the components, and then you can break it down and, and make it simple. So when the breath is trapped in the chest, back to this, that picture is in your face. Anywhere you look, there it is. It's personal. You're still in the story. It's subjective. As the breath descends, mechanics of storytelling, as the breath descends, the picture moves out. And as the picture moves out, I'm going from still in the story to observing the story. I'm going from subjective to objective. I am literally giving myself breathing room, and I will change my own mind in my own way 99.99% of the time. What does that do for a coach's life? It gets you out of the rah-rah coach thing, which is that's amateur hour. So I'm, I'm going to know-it-all coach. I'm a 1-800-answers-hotline coach. I'm going to get excited about you until you get excited about you. And I'm going to tell you how you could feel about something like that. Good luck telling someone to feel better about themselves uh, when they've got these, these, these stories still inside of them of natures like that, some kind of abuse or, you know, uh, misfortune. Those are in there. You're going to get, you're going to get the nice social nicety. They're going to smile. They're going to nod. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It will reset itself. It will absolutely reset itself. So that that process of going through breathing after each sentence, it kind of dispels the weight of that story, or does it kind of disintegrate it in a way? Yeah, take out the kind of. It does. It dispels the weight. Dispel means to cast out, by the way, and it dissolves the weight. As the breath, if I'm telling a story and my breath is trapped in my chest, I am in a certain physiological, psycho-emotional process, and I'm going to see things in a certain way. It's going to be scary. If I get my breath down, and we're known as the language people, okay? And gun to head, it's about the breath. We're here to help people unlock their breathing. They will have a completely different rhythm. Like I said earlier, they will be so much harder to manipulate. So much harder to manipulate. They'll be able to think more clearly and 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 
you know, stay out of mass formation psychosis. There's that word again. And in my personal and professional opinion, uh, the people that are driving a lot of the fear stories right now are all of that is riding on the shoulders of people's unresolved emotional right, stories right. from their child is what gets hooked into that. It's the victimhood that's, mentality that's creating the mass formation. I mean, correct. The victim, the unresolved personal victim mentality stories, not these big picture Illuminati government fucking things, MK ultra, which I can talk about. It's it's the, the foundation of those things is the, the personal story unresolved victim mentality the definition of the victim mentality i'm gonna take a little bit out of the middle this is the verbatim definition the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others even in the absence of clear evidence the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions that those habitual thought process processes are repeating stories configured in certain ways. And if you all want to do it's it, this is an inside out job. Okay. If you all want to majorly make yourself way more unfuckable with, go into the stories that still haunt you from high school or middle school or your parents and get those stories written out. I've seen this, I lived this actually. So Side note, I go down and I start doing these detoxes, okay, eating organic food, all that stuff. And I go back, and this is in 2003 and four and five. Back then, y'all remember the websites, they had the links on the side. So I'd go researching organic food, and then there's a link on the side that says, fuck Monsanto. I'm like, huh? What's Monsanto? And I'd go to a Monsanto, fuck Monsanto website, and it says, fuck vaccines i'm like what, what, what do you mean i just got 10 japanese encephalitis before i came over here uh and i'd go and i'd research vaccines i'm like whoa what the hell and then on the vaccine then it's then it's down with the new world order fuck the illuminati and and then on and on and on and now and then i'm on reading david ike books and like steam's coming out of my ears and and um and back to that the giving people a tool when people have unresolved emotional stories from their own personal stories and they come into contact with these larger stories of, let's say, uh, The Great Reset and Klaus Schwab just finished the audiobook today, lovely read, I'm lying, um, and things of that nature, then it, it compounds itself. It makes it worse. Because, oh, well, yeah, I thought I was fucked up before. Now all things, everything's totally, so it's even worse. So it can be a, a, a red pill at the wrong time. It, it can, it can, people can spin out. I did it. Yeah. I mean, you got your work cut out for you now. I mean, what do you think about, I mean, we've been primed in this victim hub state for decades now. Yeah. It seems like people, that's their natural, uh, I'm not trying to say these people again, but that's, it seems like the natural state for people. I mean, it's anxiety and victimhood right now. Yeah, it's the general setting. It's the general setting. And that's very, that's very reasonable to say. Very reasonable to say. Huh. Makes it easier, though, to get ahead. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Is that your the selfish Darren again? Looking I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I do my best. I do my best. Can't, uh, can't win them all. <laughs> 
how do you get people breathing regularly then or being conscious of it? Like I tried that thing on my phone. It didn't work. You know, if I had it on there for years, I think like 700 times it popped up and I just would ignore it. You know, I mean, how do I start breathing deeper, more consciously without, you know, not, not in like, you know, writing down a story and doing it like that or breath, actual sitting down and meditating, doing breath work is one thing, but recognizing it throughout the day. I mean, I'm trying. Sure. Um, well, for you, I would recommend, um, and maybe you already know what this is. Uh, what's the most fun way that you can improve your breath? Because when people do things that are fun, they're most likely to, to keep doing it. So what's your most, I'm not looking for, for the best breath work in this particular conversation. I'm looking for the one that's the most enjoyable for you and the amount of time that's easiest for you to commit to. So Smoke if I was, joints. Yeah. That's yeah. When, you're, when you're, you, you're, you're pulling off that, that, that last yeah. part or of the, bong, the, the maybe. Blunt, you just, you invest an extra 10 seconds in getting the, the, the lungs involved. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's one piece of advice, you know, what's fun, what's practical and, and chunk it down. So in, so take it from saying, you know, I need to improve my breathing to I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to do one 10 minute breath session per day for the next seven days. And then you pick the most fun breath work you got and do that. And that is a major win. And and you think just doing that on a regular basis in a specific session will help you throughout the day, recognize your breath. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and, you know, potentially regular basis for you is not every day. Um, I know for me, if I do Brandon, if I do, and I've got Brandon's recordings, like I said, he's a, a breathwork coach for the, the enlisted. I, if I do one class a week, I breathe better throughout the week. And having said that, I talk about this stuff so much. I'm the head coach. I deliver all the trainings for the, for the certifications. We've had consistent overlapping certifications running for the past two and a half years. And all that's me. And I talk damn near all day long about words and breath. Okay. So I'm constantly reminding myself about it. There's two, and then there's some other, um, there's two other things for the audience. Okay. Because as the saying goes, she who feels it knows it, or she who feels it knows it. If you want to have an experience, okay, of changing some things, here's the macro exercise. One, all you need to do is one. In a conversation, it could be something, a professional conversation, a personal conversation, uh, slow down your rate of speech by about 20%. Watch what happens. Graham sounds super stoned when you do that. We've Perfect. Yeah. You, you, you got it. You got it nailed. You got, you got that nailed. <laughs> what, what everyone else, um, y'all are going to feel your words. You're going to feel your words. And then from there, you can, uh, you can start to pick out what words influence you in the ways that you want and what words take you down a, like a darkness, uh, that darkness you're talking about. Yeah. And we, and, and, and I, I give us, I give us some credit. We've done, we've done some things. Well, we have, we have demystified the conversation about language and we've also gamified it. Here's a fun game. It's called a soft talk challenge. Soft talk is one of the three pillars of conflict language. Conflict language, you got negations, projections, and soft talk. Negations, I can't keep living like this. I don't want to spend all my money. It's the the don'ts, the wants, the can'ts, the isn'ts, the haven'ts. 
that's where the worry comes from. It forces you to stare at the worst case scenario, the projections. That's the venom. Those are the hardest to do because those are the ones that people are most emotionally attached to. Uh, my mother treats me like a child. Um, she never lets me think for myself. Uh, the government's going to kill all of us. Like all that right there. It, they script the victim villain mental imagery and hello, stress response. Soft talk is the easiest. This is where the, and it's also deep because it's, it's where a majority of people's indecision comes from. Chronic indecision is very stressful. And there's, there's only a handful of words. So everybody, get your pen, get a piece of paper, clean piece of paper, write these words down five times larger than you normally write them. I guarantee these words are in your language. I guarantee you would, you would enjoy taking them out and becoming more solid and, uh, uh, dare I say, confident in your speech. The first word is like. It's like I'm, it's like I'm procrastinating. Guess. I guess I'm drinking too much coffee. Take out the guess. You know you are. I, I, I think I need to spend more time with the wife. Think. Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Sort of. Kind of. I'm kind of self-sabotaging myself. And things will get very real when you take these words out of your... Because guess what? Th- these... The soft talk keywords, it keeps everything at the end of your fingers and you don't have to make a change and you can kick the thing down the can. When you go from, uh, you know, I'm probably drinking too much to I'm drinking too much. Now it's made real and and you have to you're you're, you go you're at the fork in the road. Things get you. You will speed things up by taking. No these kidding, out. and the, you'll speed up your the, your body, your vibration, your manifestations. I mean, imagine how much how much difference metaphysically that makes. That it, you're being direct with your thoughts and your words and your speech. You you clocked it. You clocked it, and it's the easiest thing to do because you just pluck these words out. Take that piece of paper. Try and hopefully those are the last two. Put it up somewhere for seven days. Where you're going to see it. Bathroom mirror seems to be the winner. That will raise your awareness about those words. And here's where you'll see that this show up first in your in your text and email game. That's where you'll see the words first. It's different real-time conversing, editing your speech, especially if you're emotionalized about something. Who cares? Don't worry about that. Your email game is going to go up. Your text game is going to go up. And your interactions with the people that you're playing, because text and email is like a ping-pong match. You know, you want to... Nobody likes getting an email that's this long with 17 different things and maybe this and kind of that. No. Make them short, make them sweet, make them solid, send them. Watch what happens. So those are my two pieces of advice. Slow awesome. down your rate of speech, have a conversation, and take out some soft talk. I love it. That's hard because I'm, I'm I like I like listening to fast talkers. So I'm t- always trying to talk fast. Oh, fast talkers, buddy. So that's going to be a tough <laughs> one for me to slow that down. Remember that time I was like hungover <laughs> and... Uh, we were driving home from Minneapolis and you put on that chat and it was like, I forget who it was. One of them was Grant Cameron and the other one might've been Mike Cleland. And these guys are both at like 1.25 all the time. And he had it on for a while and I was just like, shut it off, shut it off. It's too much. It's just like. Yep. One is okay, but if it too much, it was, and especially being a little, you know, my brain's a little slower because I was drinking wine the night before, and 
I remember. Sounds fun. And it was a little too, uh, was too fast for me. It was definitely too fast. So I'll try that. It's going to be hard. I, uh, I did it the other day because I heard, I heard you talking and I thought, okay, I'll try, I'll try it a bit. And I, I think I did it yesterday and it was weird. Very strange. Because I've been trying, because I've been trying to do the opposite for a while on the podcast. I thought you my narration would slow space. you down. I, no, I don't, I don't think so. Because you're very paced on your reading. Yeah. I don't know. Because that's the main problem with people trying to narrate is they go too fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. So is there anything else we missed out? Or, I mean, uh, wh- what else you got going on with uh, you're going to be coaching these people out of their victimhood and teaching them how to breathe? I mean, do most of these people not breathe? Like, they're always, most people up up here in their chest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, people say, um, uh, you know, I've, I've got tight shoulders. I'm like, oh, you, you're holding your breath. Or I, I clench my jaw all the time. Oh, you're holding your breath or for all the guys out there. I, you know, I, I suffer from premature ejaculation. Oh, you mean you're holding your breath while you're fucking. So th- it's like you get your, you get your breath down low and slow and you will radically transform uh, many. I know all areas of your life. Even just being so, able to relax too. Right. I mean, if you, 100%. if you can, if you can get into that relaxed state, like in meditative or whatever, by breathing deeply and just letting your body relax into the breath. I mean, it's, it's just instant. It's, it's instant. And, um, anybody can do it with just with simply dedicating a little bit of mental real estate to your breathing fellas. If you want to have a good date, if you want to go out and have a good date, go out and breathe well. Okay, it's going to create that warm, satiny, fluid energy between the two of you all. You want to fuck it up, go out and and be all in your head, all tense and tight, and like your listening will go down. You'll be a bad co- I'm a professional speaker and professional speaking coach. It's a side gig that has come out of me being relentless about talking about this stuff and getting in front of people. And that's the first thing we talk about is 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 rate of speech if you want to sales let's talk about sales it's the same thing you want to sound like an amateur get on a sales call give a sales presentation with your breath trapped in your chest even if you say all the right words people are going to pick up on it deliver from your abdomen and you will be embodied you will be resonant you will you will be you'll be solid in your speech and everybody picks up on that too you can see that happening too when you start getting like argumentative just, or when you're like fired up with someone. You're like, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes when you can just like stay slow, that, that I mean, that'll piss some people off. And I think deep breathing, even during if arguments they're trying, if they want you to bip with them and you don't bip with them, sometimes they're yeah. like, you yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah. they want you to trauma bond. There are people yeah. that incite arguments because they want you to trauma bond with them what the fuck is that that's where both people go into an upregulated stress state and and now now all the the prickly feels they're interconnected as far as coaching is concerned uh that's one of the main reasons that as far as the coach is concerned the that we harp hammer low and slow breathing because if you have the magic questions, especially if you know what to do with the pen, you're going to put your clients into process and the emotions and feels are going to come up. And if you tighten up when they go emotional, you're now trauma bonding. Okay. You're, you have lost the rhythm and I, I understand very little about energetics of things. Um, 
a lot of the, the metaphysics, it's over my head and it's akin because I've, I've, I've done the reps. I've made all the mistakes, damn near all the mistakes. It's akin to getting slimed in Ghostbusters. You do want to stay out of that shit. So there we uh, just breathing folks. Fine. Yeah. Words. And let's, let's one, one last thing, fellas, let's talk about this. I'm minding my own business down in, in Vilcabamba, Ecuador. I was living down there for a year and a half. And I'm out to dinner and somebody at the table knew what I was, knew what I do, knew what I did. And he goes, Hey, Mark, you know what abracadabra means? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic. And he goes, no, abracadabra is Aramaic. And it translates to with my word, I create, or with my word, I influence the hair stuck up on my arms and neck. I put my fork down. I went over and asked him, I said, what else do you know? He said, the metaphysicians, the teachers of the day would triangulate it and wear it around their neck to remind them of the power and the mechanism of the spoken word. And to say that this has, so I just ordered 50 of these, a little stones, abracadabra in it, my business card, flash everybody my phone number, call me, I'll fucking talk to you. Abracadabra, it's wooden and lifted on the back. Magic, abracadabra, spells, cast, great spell, break, constrictive spells, cast, expansive spells. Watch what happens. Was there something about the design of that word that makes it that triangle too, if you write it both ways, or is that just a fluke? Um, as far as the downward triangle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard a couple different opinions on it, and the main one is that they would triangulate it like that to siphon negative energy out of someone's field. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. That's great advice. I mean, they, you know, the ancients talked about thoughts and how powerful they were. And I mean, this is just, we got to get back to what the ancients were doing. Abracadabra. Abracadabra. I have some uh, spare bongs. If you want, you could take it home and just pretend you're having a hit. No, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I do the breath work. I've been doing it with a niacin protocol with the slow and low breathing on four axes. Okay. Doing this with uh, trying to you get probably my, do more than I do, honestly. Back. Yeah, you probably yeah. I know. I do it every two days. I do the the Brandon Powell stuff. Yeah. I have a hoot every couple hours. Yeah, so. it's it's. I mean, honestly, dude, it makes you, especially prior to a meditation, it just puts you right in that state. Like, I actually like the breath. I like the feeling of the breath hold and the after, then the relaxation afterwards. It, it's good. It's just a lot. It's a lot of work doing it with the with the heavy breathing, but. And then your breath hold is getting worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not good. That's not good. That's. You sure you didn't get the shot? Yeah, didn't get it. No. <laughs> well, Mark, this has been great. Hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully we'll bump into you one day down the road. It seems inevitable that it's just a matter of time until we're hanging out at a cabin in the woods sometime together. And uh, I, I, I would enjoy that. And it's, it is very likely. I was actually just talking to Brandon a couple hours ago. I wonder if he knew we were chatting tonight or if it was just a coincidence. I told him, I told him earlier today. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that reminds because he called me and we talked about, talked about the event that we're going to do. Uh, here down in February. I mean, if someone does want to get in on that, there are some pieces moving around. If you shoot me an email, Darren at America.ca or .com, both work. Uh, maybe I can get you in. Maybe I can't. Shoot me an email. See what I can do. No promises. No promises. 
Uh, Mark, this has been fantastic. Uh, I can tell you're a friend of Brandon's. He's one of my favorite people in the world, and uh, I can see why he's such good friends with you right away. Uh, where can our listeners track you down if they want to learn more about the technique or learn more about the coaching or, or the abracadabra, the abracadabra you're on social media, anything like that? Yeah. For the, the magic words and shit posts go to Mark England, 2057 on IG and to learn about the coaching certifications in lit at enlifted coaches on IG. Right on. You know, fellas, mind if I take a, you mind if I take a screenshot real quick? Go no, for that's it, fine. Do you, um, is that, what is that the website too then? Enlifted.me is the website. Enlifted.me. That's, that's with an yep. E, right? E or an I? Uh, M E at the end. Enlifted. No, like to start to start Enlifted or M. Oh, oh, and, and good, good question. E E N Enlifted. Okay. Yep. Right enlifted. on buddy. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, like I say, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before we're out doing something together, and I bet you Brandon will be there. Uh, it's been a great chat, and uh, we hope you come back soon. And don't stay in California too long. It'll make you crazy. I'm in and out like an airstrike. One week. That's <laughs> One the way week. to do it. Yeah, I mean, low, do this podcast, watch the UFC, uh, and then I'm, I'm bouncing. Maybe you can get to like the Redwoods, too. That's my favorite part of California. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks again for having Thanks, me on, Mark. everybody. Thanks for awesome, listening. Buddy. Take care. See All you. right, Mark. Have a good night. And that was our chat with uh, Mark. What do you think? Yeah, good. Yeah, it looks good with the beard. I was used to watching him barefaced. Good looking, handsome dude, too, barefaced. You know, speaking of handsome dudes, who's this new? Uh, I heard there's some new handsome doctor podcaster. A handsome doctor podcaster? Neuroscience. Neuroscience doctor. Oh, really? Yeah, I figured you'd know him for sure. I don't know. You're into handsome dudes. I'm not sure. That's the weirdest looking hat I've ever seen. I don't know what. Is that a swimming cap? Is that for <laughs> the shower? It was under my hockey helmet usually, but. Why are you wearing well, it? Well, Maria said she liked it on me. So, and then I wanted to wear it too because my hair is a disaster. Do you know <laughs> my hair is. a good thing we're not streaming. My whole, my hair is totally oh my changed you since the, COVID. Really? It's Mine's weird. I wonder if anybody else has had I'm that growing problem. mine out. It's all wiry and gray, dude. It's totally Well, true. I mean, yeah. dude, it's just been a matter of time. <laughs> it's been falling out <laughs> like a motherfucker, right? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this was a fun chat with Mark. I mean, I really I like think how that, you're blaming uh, COVID on your balding. <laughs> I didn't say balding. Blaming your balding. I said it's turning wiry. It's gone. It's the softness well, that's what is it gone. Does before it falls out. The softness is gone. And that's it's because there's less of gray. it. It's because there's less of it. Dude, it's the bioweapon. It's, it's like when you're down to like just a handful hair. of hairs, it's like a wire brush. Even Mark said it was a bioweapon, so. Did he? Yeah. He also said don't be a victim. That's right. I got to write that story down. <laughs> <laughs> I was attacked by a bioweapon, and my hair went gray and fell, and my lung capacity went down to one minute. I think my hair is growing faster. I'm growing it out. It's in the awkward stage right now. <laughs> Did you see I was looking at because your, your headphones took it back? <laughs> it goes back and forth. Like if it gets like messed up just the right way or it's just the right kind of it way. Looks, it looks pretty. Man, it looks it super look, sexy. Exactly. But, but uh, most of the time I just look like a mad scientist. It's probably going to be like this for a 
couple of uh, uh, this will be, be the rest of the year. You were talking about how you know conceited you were and how great you were. And I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if he could only see himself right now. Oh, I could see myself. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's all right funny. though. Anyways, that was a good chat. Yeah, I think it's so important. Conceited's not the word. It's like, confident. I know. That, I'm confident that I conceded. can take on any challenge. You said conceited at any time. You said conceited. I have an everyday carry. Anyways, this is good. It it's was a good. knife, though, because handguns are illegal here. Not illegal to own, but illegal to carry. You carry a knife around with you? All the time. You don't? Oh, my God, dude. No, come on. Really? I mean, I probably should start. But... Why wouldn't you? It's just like, I mean, I, it doesn't have to be for stabbing somebody. There's a million things you could come up in the knife. I mean, I work in construction, so it's like. Uh, well, a Swiss Army knife I used to carry around. I just keep a pocket knife, you know? All right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay. Well, you remember that next time you're like, we're doing something, you're like, does somebody have a knife? And you're like, fuck, no, I don't. You fucking chew on that apple from the outside, bro. Big thanks to Mark for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're the plus supporters, our uh, value for value supporters over here. We can't do it without you. If uh, it weren't for you guys, we'd have to wrap it up. No support, no show. We couldn't yeah, do it. We literally couldn't do the show without supporters. And we don't do ads or sponsorships or anything no. like that. We don't even want you guys to be annoyed. We don't even want you guys to be fast-forwarding an ad at the beginning. No, don't even bother. Man, if you fast forward so many people still have ads. And it's like, oh, Fast-forward us. Yeah. America.ca slash support. Make a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly today. We would love you for it. If you want to hear more of our podcasting antics, head over to AmericaOutlaw.ca today. Check out the other 50 or 60 shows from the show we launched this year, just about a year old, just coming up on a year old at the end of this month, probably a couple weeks away, for americaoutlaw.ca. Check that out today. And then there's adultbrain.ca. So I guess we do have some ads, but they're for more of our own great content. Exactly. Adultbrain.ca for all those great audio books. I think there's 35 of them there now, including most of the Charles Fort collection. Graham will have that finished up this month. <laughs> uh, join the chats. Go to america.ca slash chats. Other than that, be kind to each other. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Somehow I built a rocket ship Out of the stuff dreams are made And popsicle sticks Look at my rocket ship schematics Tell me you can fly to the moon Tell me I'm not a lunatic
Another adventure in coffee enemas. Oh man. Oh, oh god. Oh my god. Let's get to get the washroom. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh god. I just gotta get these pants off. Oh, it's here. <laughs> It's over. Oh, thank God. It's over. Well, all right then. What is this? What is this I feel inside of me? What is, what is power? What is invigorating energy? I, I, I feel like I'm an arm wrestle a moose. I gotta get going. I gotta move. I gotta run. Oh my God. I'm going to run!